Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. Wow. You talk about haze, huh? I don't know if you've had it where you are, but throughout the country, we are having a haze Canada has been sending to us, and I think it's going to go all summer. So you got to have to breathe easy for a while. I used to do in the summertime when I was growing up. I remember before we moved and we lived down on State Street and we used to sit around in the back porch. I remember it was really nice out. We would have all the neighborhood kids come over and we would play all kinds of games. One of our favorite games to play was the game of life. Now you never grew up playing the game of life. That's not one that you no, but I remember you guys playing oh, it, and I remember, yeah, I remember it was a really popular game at game. the time. And if you ever grew up playing this, you know at the very beginning of the game, there's two paths that you can go. And the very first time you play it, you think, well, I want to go the short way because that's going to get me where I, where I go the quickest, and I'll get all the cool stuff first. But if you take the short way, it ends up being bad for you because it sets how much you get on the payday. And then you hit about 40 different paydays throughout the rest of the game. And uh, so if you go the long way, you maybe are behind by six squares. It's not very much. But when you multiply the, the, the big advantage that you get by going that way, it pays out over time. And we would get to the end and we would sit there as fat cats and we would take all of our money and we would have our empires and we were all excited about it. But you learned that you wanted to make sure you would always take the better of the two paths. Now, imagine if your life was set up as a game like that, but you had to take the path that was the worst way that you, somebody else got to take the better way and automatically for the whole rest of the game had an unfair advantage or you had a, an unfair disadvantage. And I don't necessarily mean in that game they were talking about money, but anything related to the game, points or uh, anything that where you're, you're getting closer to how you're winning. Imagine you were playing basketball and, you know, for, for every point that you scored, you get two points and every point I score, I would get one point. Well, that might work out if we were doing it as an intentional handicap. But what if it was an unintentional handicap where we start off to play a game and we're playing, I don't know, Settlers of Catan or something. And the rules are made so that you get uh, less resources when the number gets rolled than I get. Not because you have any different thing about your game, but because you're stuck. The rules were designed against you. So this is where we're going to be getting into the subject of today, which is statistics, kind of. But there's a more to it than that. This is important for us because oftentimes we don't realize. The reason I start off by talking about that game is you can imagine if you were playing that game and you were the person that got a little better in the game, you probably wouldn't think so much about it. And in fact, what you would probably notice is where somebody else got a little better than you. But it's hard to notice the people that don't get as much as you. But when you're one of those people that all of a sudden, because of the way that the game is structured, you're automatically starting with a penalty. And every time somebody else would get two points, you're getting one and a half or one 
or maybe half a point, you notice it every single time. That's some of what we want to talk about is let's look at LGBTQ issues. Now, we could do this for all kinds of things. We could talk about this uh, with the gender gap or we could talk about it with race. But specifically right now, we're looking at LGBTQ issues. And we have some statistics. I'll admit they're a little old. So uh, they may have changed. as, But I will tell you. Well, well uh, one thing. I, 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 when I think about my transition, I figure, so I didn't transition until late in life, which in some ways was really difficult because I put off something that was, you know, I- internal to me for a long time. But for the external things, I was as well positioned for this as anybody that I can think of. I had a supportive family. I I was a well-adjusted man living in society. At least that's how people viewed me. I had a happy marriage. I had great kids. I had a job that was going really well for me. I had everything you could want. And even yet, when I transitioned, it was really really difficult. You remember how difficult that was for me. Oh, yes, of course I do. And I thought to myself at several points through that, if this is this hard for me right now, and I have basically everything in life going for me, the only thing that I have going against me is that I want to be a woman. What would this be like if I was, you know, kind of a weird, quirky person on top of all of this? Well, I am a weird, quirky quirky person, (laughs) but if I was the kind of person that other people don't want to be around, what? How difficult would that make my life? Or if I was the kind of person that uh, just, you know, was not very sharp and and had to go through and everything was extra hard for me or any of, you know, you could probably think of a, a dozen or more different things that I didn't have to deal with. I only had to deal with one thing. So when we're talking about these statistics, why these are so important is because just like anything, you've got a spectrum of people in the community, and some people are very well adjusted, and these statistics will hardly affect them. But there's other people in the community that are really struggling already. Well, uh, let let's take let's talk about some of these. Yeah, statistics. yeah. Let go ahead and give us that first one. Right, that the first one. Uh, according to the statistic, fourteen percent of all hate crimes in America are directed at the LGBTQ plus community. Imagine that. Imagine 14% of the crimes, hate crimes committed are against LGBTQ people, which is because that's what they are. Dramatically higher than the portion that we represent of society in terms of percentage. Yes. Yeah, that's... The only reason is somebody looks at me or somebody looks at a gay couple or somebody looks at... I, a person that is wearing rainbow colors and says, you're different than me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're different not, than me. You're not supposed to be part of this. That's uh, what they're saying. Yes. Well, you need to be eliminated. Mm. That's tough. And that sense of you don't belong here. Well, I belong here as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm not like you, that's really not fair. And the second part of that, sadly, one in four Americans is still opposed to protection 
for LGBTQ plus rights for, for individuals in our community? Because these statistics are a little old, this might be a little bit different now, but I'm not sure that much. It is. I, I think there are a lot of people that still, if you don't know somebody, if you don't have anybody that's close to you, it's hard to really get inside of why this matters. And it's easy to hate somebody that you don't know. Yeah, that's exactly right. If they get a chance to know you, they'll think differently. And that is really true. And that's true of anybody. Yeah. It's easy to hate somebody from a different culture. It's mm -hmm. easy to hate somebody that has a different set of interests. Well, I think we saw that throughout America when the... Uh, Twin Towers came down. There was suddenly all kinds of hate against people just because they were of a different race or a different religion. A different ethnicity. They dress different, and yeah. we are angry. We're angry at people that we don't know or understand really what motivated them, and we're going to take that hatred out on people that we think look something like them. And I remember stories told at that time about people that are being actively persecuted in some Muslim countries for being a minority religion in that country. Oh, yes. And they true. were then the result of the hatred mm -hmm. because they looked too close to and some people didn't understand and they were just angry. It's sad. It's no place for that. We, we want to be people of love in everything that we do. Another interesting statistic, I'm skipping around here a little bit, that I find interesting. Three in ten Americans believe that same-sex couples should not be able to raise children. We have already know that kids who are raised by same-sex couples have the same, they're, they're pretty much turn out equal to people who are raised by, by uh, a, a mother and a dad. There is no statistical difference. I no. just heard this again. I uh, This was affirmed again. Uh, yes. Just this morning I saw this statistic again that they've run several studies now. You can see it all over the place. There is no statistical difference. And three out of ten believe that. 30% of the people in, the, in, in America believe that. And then there is no... There's, no statistical difference. That's a very high number. I would be surprised if it was one out of ten. Now imagine if you if if you're a straight ally, it, you maybe have gone your whole life thinking, I'm just imagining when I can have a family. And in fact, you know, a lot of people grow up playing house and imagining what is it going to be like. Sure. And you've got all of your, you know, how many figures that I have growing up, those little people and the little people, you have their little family there and everything is about family. But you tell somebody, no, you are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Sorry, you can't have a part of that. You can't, you can't have that dream that I get to have just because I don't think that you should. Really, really unfair. Here's another interesting thing. 65% of transgender individuals make less, at the time this statistic was made, make less than $30,000 a year. I remember a friend when I transitioned who told me the story about interviewing for a job. She came in, and you could tell, I, I think, that she was trans. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. You know, it would depend on who you were. But as soon as the person found out 
that she was trans, looked at the papers and said, this interview is over. Wow. Can you imagine what that would do to your self-esteem? How long that would take to recover from? I've never experienced any kind of rejection like that. Can you imagine what what that would feel like? You maybe would be able to brush it off without too much difficulty, and you try to go on and have a positive attitude. But imagine if that was day in and day out you had that kind of experience. How much more difficult it would be to just say, I'm going to have a positive attitude. That kind of ties in with one of the other statistics, and that is that an employee can totally be terminated legally due to sexual orientation in 26 states. Now, that might be less now, but at the time of this, an employee can legally be terminated. Can you imagine? So you are in a loving, committed marriage. And you're excited about your spouse the same as anybody else would be, of course. We love our spouses. We want to show them off to the world. And yet you bring your picture to work and you put it up of the two of you there together. Yeah. And somebody says, that doesn't reflect the values of our company. Well, what kind of values are you talking about? (laughs) Because we reflect the values of love and of generosity and of family togetherness and of, of getting along what value about that is is bad or wrong? <laughs> yeah, it, it's the value of not understanding. It is the value of not understanding. And that's where we we need to be talking about these issues. That's why it's so important for you as an ally listening right now. That's why we need you, and that's why we're talking about this. Because as you understand how difficult things are, then when you have an opportunity to be able to speak up, then you can do that. And, Dad, you've spoken up, I know, at times. Yes, I have. Uh, but you didn't used to before no. you knew someone. Right. That's and, true. And I didn't used to either. That's why we're talking uh-huh. about these. Yep. Go ahead and give us the next one. Uh, well, it says here uh, more than 60% of the population believes that if you identify as LGBTQ, that that's a personal choice and not a biological factor. That was a big one for you. Yeah, I used to think it was a personal choice. I used to think that, but when I... I certainly understand now much differently, but looking at this, I was really surprised at this statistic too. But the good news is, the younger the people are, the more likely they are to be accepting and understanding. Things are definitely changing. Oh, and absolutely. That is a very good thing. Yep. Very good thing. Yep. And they're and they're and they're changing fairly rapidly. I I think if we would have had pulled this statistic out from fifty years ago, it'd be surprisingly different. Very much. Yeah. So there is some positive here as well because we're going in the right direction. So, what about? What's happening now that might be affecting this? Why why is it going in the right direction? What's happening? Is it is it because is it because the the universe that we're speaking about is 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 speaking out the LGBTQ community? Is it because they're speaking out? Is it because they're 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 fighting publicly rather than keeping 
keeping it all inside and rather than staying in the closet? Uh, is it because there are famous people that are coming out? Is it because there are people being, that they're shaming others who are rejecting them? What is it? What's making these changes? I can't speak to the overall factors, but I can certainly speak to my own uh, experience. And that is, before I transitioned, I had a lot of factors that went into why I waited as long as I did. But the biggest one, or at least one of the biggest ones, was it wasn't until I saw positive role models that I said, oh, you can actually live as a trans person and be happy and have the kind of life that you would really like to have. Up until that point, I kind of thought, well, you're, I'm kind of doomed to a miserable life no matter what I do because it's a miserable life if I don't transition and it's a miserable life if I do transition. And so, boy, this, this just kind of stinks no matter what. I have a lot of bad options. Mm-hmm. And the the trigger for me was the first time that I heard a story about somebody telling their positive experience. And actually, the, the real one for me was the, the time that somebody told a story about how uh, she somebody didn't realize that she was trans. And I said, you're kidding. That, that doesn't happen. You can always tell when somebody's trans. Can't you? Really? They didn't know. Like, they really didn't know. And at that point, I, I didn't know that that was a reality. And as I started to explore it more and I realized there are more and more people that are living the kind of life that I always wanted to live, and I realized there's an option for me that I'm not miserable in. I would like that option where I'm not miserable. I think there's a snowball effect. So the more people are out, the more other people that need that can look at the model and say, you're living the kind of life that I would like to live. The more well-adjusted gay couples we see, the more gay people come out. The more well-adjusted lesbian couples we see, the more lesbians come out. The more we see bisexual people saying, look, I don't have to choose to be either straight or gay. I get to be who I am. And we see, wow, they're well-adjusted and they're doing well. The more bisexual people feel comfortable coming out. And the more transgender people see transgender role models, we say, ah, there's the life that I've always wanted to live. Do you think there is a, does it matter uh, if you begin to, uh, you know, yet you're you're considering coming out. If you begin to associate with that community, does it make a difference, or does it not make a difference? It absolutely makes a difference. And in fact, if you're ever running an LGBTQ organization, we've talked in the past that Q can stand for a couple things. It can stand for. Uh, questioning or it can stand for queer. So some people are very much there and they're, I'm, I'm out and I'm proud and I'm there and other people will come and say, I don't know, I'm just at the beginning. And in fact, I will always, anytime I run an LGBTQ plus group, always allow allies to come because oftentimes those allies are at the beginning of their own journey and they're not oh. ready to even admit that they're questioning yet. But you get around the community and you say, oh, wow, everyone here is kind of nice people. <laughs> and and you're not all weirdos. And, you know, you, it, you're the same as anyone else, except you're just living the life that I'd like to live. I 
think I would like more of this. But I want to add, because they're the same as everyone else, there are weirdos. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and, there are. Yes. And there are jerks, just like anywhere else. Exactly. And there are, there are mean people, and there are crooks. Yes. And there are very nice people. Exactly. This same it, it percentage as like, it is it, anywhere else. Absolutely. And I think that we have a responsibility to try to put our best foot forward. We have a responsibility not to be militant. A militant anything never wins anybody over. Uh, I think you've seen this in politics. Whichever side you're on doesn't really matter. You're going to run across people who are militant, either on your side or on the other side. They never change anybody's mind. You don't, you don't really you know, change it with a sledgehammer. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. You think through just the civil rights movement on its own. Yeah. There were a lot of people that said during the civil rights movement, we need to do this with violence. And then, of course, you had Martin Luther King Jr. that said, no, mm -hmm. we're going to do this by the way of nonviolence. Yeah. And that was ultimately what won people over, wasn't it? Absolutely. Now, I did see a statistic somewhere where somebody actually went and looked at the number of people that will change or the, the, the degree of um, the degree of success for a movement. And it was they put statistics to it. It's like it's like four times more effective when you go with a good attitude. Now. Sometimes people in our community will say, yeah, but you don't expect me to have a good attitude if I've had a whole week of people judging me and mistrusting me and me being really mean to me. What I need from you in that moment more than anything else is love and acceptance. So we don't, I don't want to put this back mm -hmm. onto our community and say, you better have a good attitude. We do our best to try and strive to have a good attitude. Yes. And the more we can, right. but this is why we need everyone to be allies because you're not hurt in the same way that we're hurt and you can come alongside us when we're limping along emotionally and you can say i'm going to hold you up and i'm going to help be that person that helps convince these other people because we say look we're all people together the same as anyone else you know we ought to have a podcast about that i think that would be a good <laughs> idea we hope that you have enjoyed uh this podcast and, and everything. We we certainly love having you start your week off with us. We hope that we are a voice of positivity for you. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Dad, where can they let us know? Well, they can let us know at trandescended at gmail.com. I got it right, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I always like to put it on you because you have a tendency to forget the Gmail yeah, part that's of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's because of my age. <laughs> <laughs> and we do love to hear from you. We got uh, several different letters this week about people that have been listening to the podcast and how much it's been impacting them. We're grateful for every one of your emails. It, 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 that means so much to us. So, and we also answer them, too, by the way. Thank you for listening. We would love to have you subscribe. Now, one person said, how do I subscribe? If you have an iPhone. On my iPhone, oh. <laughs> there is a, an app, and it says podcasts. And it's purple. It looks like a kind of a target 
with an exclamation point in the middle. And I think you can search on on your iPhone for podcast. podcasts. Podcast. Yeah, there's a pod. There is. It it comes right on your iPhone. Podcast. I, then when you go to podcast, you go to podcast, and then you just put in. To, uh, it'll it'll have a little magnifying glass down on the on the bottom corner, and you hit that puppy, and you type in transcendent, and it'll come up, and you could put subscribe, and when you hit subscribe, it will always come up every week. A new one will come up on Monday morning, and you'll be able to get to that one or any of the previous ones. So we're grateful when you take the time to do that. Plus, it keeps you informed of what we have coming up. And you help us. When you say subscribe, it re- it raises us up in the search engine, and that helps us to get the word out to more people. We're very grateful to have you listening every week. Thank you for starting your week off with us, and have a terrific week.